The Bayou Classic and my one-year anniversary with the Locked On Podcast Network. I can't think of a better combination. Oh, yeah. It's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that your journey is over and that goes into the whole weekend and while you're eating your food go ahead and tap in and follow me on twitter at south exclusives today's episode is brought to you by bet online they have you covered this season with more odds props and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts and why do i have this party hat on top of my head you may be wondering if you're watching on the youtube side of things and that's because today is a celebration and is marking my one year anniversary with the locked on podcast network yes this podcast was around before me reggie floyd did a phenomenal job job and he was my uh predecessor but i took over on november 24th 2021 i'm still here in november 24th 2022 and i'm proud of it i'm thankful that y'all still rocking with me through all of this so it's a celebration and that's why i have this hat on y'all lucky i couldn't get really in my antique bag and really just pull out a whole party set but we decided to go ahead and do this and just bring out this little subtle hat and we're gonna keep it on all episode so get ready for it and get used to it well we're gonna talk about the bayou classic we have three matchups that i feel like we should really watch out for and the first one is one that i'm not really sure how much that we're going to get it and that's maurice washington versus Jalen campbell and here's the thing grambling the, the, the way they use maurice washington makes me scratch my head because there was a point when he had two back-to-back games with zero touches. Not a catch, not a run. I thought he was hurt. People told me he wasn't hurt, no. And when you look at the stats on Grambling's website, they use that game to factor in, both of those games, to factor in to his yards per game. And it's just not fair because he didn't touch the ball at all. But technically, he played. He suited up. And he makes the best of his opportunities. And I don't mean every single game is just this, oh my gosh, like type of performance, but he does pretty well. He's had a 10 carry for 201 yard game just a couple of weeks ago. And that's the most carries he had in the game. How do you have a 201 yard game yet you've only had 10 carries? You would think that's somebody who maybe not in that game, maybe that was just a great game for him. But at some point during the season had got over 10 he didn't even get 10 until then, and then 10 the next week after that. So maybe this is just a sign of them using him more, but it's been really weird. I feel like he's made the best of his opportunities. I just think he deserves more opportunities. I don't know why. That 200-yard that game really surprised me because they just don't use him enough, right? And that's the only reason I was surprised, because of the usage, not because of the skill set. We've seen that against Jackson State. He had three for 78, so we know he can make big-time plays. This guy is a baller. And it's going to be up to Jalen Campbell to stop him. Jalen Campbell is the leading tackler 
on this team for uh, the Southern Jaguars. He's had 12 tackles for a loss. So he knows how to play sideline and sideline, but then also get vertical and downhill. It's just a matter of if we get to see it. Now, one running matchup that I know we'll get to see for sure is the fact that we'll see Bashan McCray, Carly Gunn, and then also Gerard Sims against Lewis Matthews. It's all three of those players. When you're talking about the Southern Jaguars and their rushing attack, you can't leave one out. You can't just say two, right? This isn't like a, a faction where you have three members and every now and then you have tag team matches where only two can perform. No, all three of these guys are threats when the ball is in their hand. And the thing about their trio, very similar to Texas Southern, like I, I believe we talked about this when they faced each other, um, is you have the running backs, but then you also have to deal with the quarterback. And that just requires a certain level of eye discipline from the defense. And I know I'm putting a lot of it on Lewis Matthews because he is the stud. He is the highlight player as far as this goes. But it's really going to be the whole defense because there's going to be times when you have read options and Lewis Matthews is going to have to pick somebody. And he very well might not pick the right guy. They're not reading him, but he might go in on that dive and all of a sudden McCray's pulling off the edge. So you're going to need somebody to be there. It's about, that's really what I think stopping the read options about. It's about eye discipline and playing your keys correctly. That's what it is to me. But we're not going to get too deeply into it. But all three of these running rushers, I was going to say running back, but all three of these rushers average around five yards, if not more than five yards, a pop. So you know they're all going to be threats. They can all pop a big one. You need to be watching out. And Lewis Matthews is at 97 tackles this year. He's going for 100. He should cross the century mark this game. He only needs three. And as much as I expect Southern to run the ball, I I think he should be able to get three. He might get three in the first quarter, right? But stopping the run is going to be essential. You need to stop the run. It's not our key to victory, but it does kind of play into Grambling's key to victory. But you have to make sure that you do it. It's important because if you don't do it, they might just run on you all day long. You're not going to have a chance. And then the last one, I wanted to get a little fun. It's Sundiata Anderson versus Jordan Lewis. That's my last matchup, and these two will never face off. But we can compare stat lines at the end of the game. So Jordan Lewis is not the leading pass rusher on the team this year. I know a lot of people were wondering what we were going to get out of him. He's missed a couple of games. He's had to deal with some injuries, and I know that's affected his performance. But then also, he's the highlight player. He's the biggest name. He's going to be the one who likely is going to get the most attention on a snap-by-snap -snap basis, whether he's injured or not. If he's out there, he's probably going to get more attention than other guys. And we've seen that. I expect that to be the case this week. And then you look at Sundiata Anderson for Grambling on the other side. Well, he's led Grambling in basically everything. The most tackles for a loss, the most sacks. He's the leading, he's not the leading tackler, but he's the leading disruptor for the Grambling Tigers. So I would love to see what happens at the end of this game. I'm very excited because both of these players are very good and they're going to be on a, on a national stage in the biggest game of the year. That's just my opinion. That's for me. Before like the season starts, I'm always going to circle it. If I was a Grambling fan, if I was a Southern fan, um, and I speak from just the Louisiana ties that I've had and, and the closeness more so to Grambling than Southern, I'm circling this game all the time. Even when I'm in Texas and don't know anybody who goes here, I'm circling this game. I'm excited for this game every single year. And that's what this game represents to me. And I think that these two players will go out and put it all on the line in what could be each of their last games of the season. 
And we're going to talk about why that's the case when we talk about our storylines that you need to be watching out for. Before I get into that, however... And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. They have you covered the season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. Our good friends at Bet Online are so versatile, but I would like to hone in on the NFL because, as much as turkey is a Thanksgiving tradition, as much as getting with your family is a Thanksgiving tradition, so is football. We have three games, and the one I'm the most interested in is the Minnesota versus New England game, the Vikings versus the Patriots, because the Vikings are looking for a bounce back. They got absolutely stomped against the Cowboys last Sunday, and now you have a primetime game on Thanksgiving versus an AFC playoff team at the moment. Who's going to win out? Can Kirk Cousins fight his primetime demons? I don't know what it is about that seven o'clock hour, but Kirk Cousins just does not perform. What do you think is going to happen? And if you think you're right, put your money down on Bet Online. They have you covered with the most and the best odds, props, and lines. Bet Online, where the game starts. As you keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every single day. And today's word of the day is vamoose, meaning to depart quickly. So for your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out Locked on Sports today with the local experts giving you the best in analysis for all of the national stories. You can get it wherever you listen to your podcast. I want to talk about two storylines, and there's one that's kind of obvious. The SWAC West Championship is on the line. It's, it's, I think it's understated because there are so much or so many emotions and so many factors that play in every single Bayou Classic. It's a spectacle no matter what, right? It's a spectacle no matter what's going on. And Grambling can't win. Like, that's the thing. Grambling can't win. So with one team not having the same amount of stakes, maybe this isn't so obvious. Maybe this isn't one of those situations where, yeah, everybody knows what the stakes are. Everybody on the southern side knows. But Grambling might not. Grambling probably doesn't even care. Some of them. But I think that Grambling has a unique opportunity to truly play spoiler because this is the Bayou Classic. For years until last year, this was what decided who was going to be in the in the SWAC West, right? This was one of those games. And we're back at it again. If Southern wins, they are your SWAC West champions. If Southern loses, Prairie View is your SWAC West champion. I talked about the collapse, but I said it's not a period at the end. This is simply a comma. The story is still going on. If anything, we're just we're just shifting down to a next paragraph. But their story is is not over. Prairie View is going to be watching intently on this game and rooting for Grambling. Grambling can be spoilers while Southern can be champions. Yes, I know that Grambling can't do much else, but whoever needed anything else? Who needed to be spoilers? Maybe they just wanted to knock off Southern because this is the Bayou Classic. We're just adding something on top of it, but overall, if you're looking for Southern, you've had so many opportunities. And, you know, I hate to just rub it in because I know we probably have some PV fans listening. But all of those things, when I'm talking about Prairie View's collapse, it just went on to benefit Southern because somebody had to be the benefactor of PV slips. And it just so happens to be Southern in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That's who happens to be the, the fan. You know, maybe it would have been PV and TSU fans looking at this game intently if I had my way, but it's not. It's Southern 
who can be in that championship. All they have to do is win. Eric Dooley has the opportunity to be in two back-to-back -back SWAC championships with two different teams. First with Prairie View and now with Southern. So in some way, some fashion, we are going to be getting a repeat from 2021. It's just a matter if we're repeating the coaches facing off or the specific teams that are going to be facing off. But all of that will be decided in this game right here. And now, this is Hugh Jackson's first Bayou Classic. This is my second storyline. This is his first one, and this is what legends are made of, in my opinion. This is what's so special about rivalry games, because to me, rivalry games trump everything else that happens. If LSU knocks off Alabama and they have a terrible season, that coach is still going to get that Alabama nod. If Ohio State or Michigan knocks off the other, let's talk about Michigan, because they've had a really tough job uh, knocking off Ohio State. Jim Harbaugh, as good as he was, he couldn't knock off Ohio State, and it didn't matter. It didn't matter all the things that you were great at. You couldn't knock off Ohio State. If he does that, it's a different type of love. The same could be true for Hugh Jackson. This is his first season at Grambling, obviously. It's his first classic. You knock off Southern, these are the type of things that's okay. A little bit is forgiven. Some of the things that you've done, I forgive. Some of the miscues, some of the games that we, we feel like we might have should have won, but we didn't quite get it. Some of the games that you just felt like should have went better or differently. But you knocked off Southern, so a little bit more is forgiven. You get a little bit more grace when you knock off Southern. That's what I love about rivalry games because it does have that game at hand. Yes, I talked about how Grambling had the opportunity to end hot, and they could have ended with a 500 conference record. That's not going to be the case, but you still have the opportunity to knock off Southern. And in my opinion, that could constitute to some fans as ending hot. This is far from Eric Dooley's first Bayou Classic. He grew up in this. This is what he knows. I don't know him personally, but we're looking at 25 to 30 Bayou Classics for Eric Dooley. He had four as a player for Grambling. He had 14 as a assistant coach for Southern. He had four as an offensive coordinator for Grambling, and now he's back at Southern. And then let's not even forget, he's been a kid growing up in this. He's been to some, I don't know how many, but you're looking at 22 as a player and a coach. Who knows how many he went to as a fan, as a kid growing up in the area. This is comfort for him. The one thing that's different is he's now a head coach. And that's something that he's never had. So that pressure that is on Hugh Jackson, I think that Dooley is well aware of it. Jackson probably is too. But they have the same sort of pressure. It's just that one is probably better equipped for it because he's been around it. You know, he still remembers his first Bayou Classic as a coach when he was going against Eddie Robinson, who was his coach when he was a player. He still remembers that. So I think he's better equipped and, and more prepared for the pressures of a Bayou Classic. But we'll be watching for sure. And then one key to victory is what I have to wrap up today's episode. And we're going to keep it rolling right here on Locked on HBCU. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I have our one key to victory before I have a moose. And the key for Grambling is stop the pass, right? You want to make sure that you get third and sevens. If Southern has a false start or they have a holding, don't allow them to make up those penalty yards. Put them in must-pass situations. And I like Bashan McCray. I think he's a good passer, a good runner, but I want to take his legs out of the, out of the question. I don't want third and three where you can have a QB draw. I don't even really want third and six where if I play man coverage with everybody having a back turn, he can go off and run. I don't want that. 
I want to get him in some third and third and nines. I want to get him some third and tens to where if he does take off, I can rally. I want to get into where he feels like he can't take off because he has to throw the ball. And it's not that he can't throw, but you want to take that dimension away. They're a very evenly based team. They run and they pass. I think they run more than they pass, but they're very even. Nobody's going to be 50-50, so they're about as even as you're going to get in most college programs. Let's take out the run, man. You want to stop the run. Yes, you want to stop the run, but you mostly want to get them into some long, uh, longer third downs. You want to force them to pass. The games that they lost have been under 200 yards. Matter of fact, outside of Alcorn, where they played and threw for 199 yards, every game that they passed under 200 yards has been a loss. LSU, TSU, um, Jackson State, then also FAMU. All of those games, they threw for under 200 yards. In all of those four games, they lost. So that's the common denominator. You have to force them to throw and you have to stop them from throwing. If they don't have success through the air, they haven't won the game. Hold them under 200 yards passing and let's see what happens. And then for Southern, the key to victory is to force them to pass, right? And it's a little bit different. Yes, I said for Grambling, you want to stop the pass, but for for Southern, you want to force them to pass. Here's the difference. Southern is going to try to pass the ball no matter what. That's, that's just what they're going to do. They're a balanced offense. So it's not like they're just run, 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 and they're pretty good at passing. You just need to stop them from doing it. Like, you need to stop them from being successful. The difference with Grambling, they're not good at it. They're just not. They're second to last in the conference in passing yards. The quarterback position has been so inefficient. They haven't been accurate. And it's just been a game of hokey pokey, musical chairs. They're just switching out who's going to be the quarterback. And honestly, their struggles at that position do kind of make me wonder, why did Holloway get moved to wide receiver? Especially because I barely see him. Could you not allow him to play quarterback? It does make me question that because they just have not been good at that position. So make them pass. They're middle of the packet running, but they're bottom of the barrel in passing. So you want to force them into a situation where they have to pass. And there's a couple of ways that you can stop the run. You can actually physically stop the run and make it ineffective, or you can stop them from scoring and just build a lead to where the run becomes non-existent. So whether you want to do it with game plan or you want to strategically just get a lead and just keep them away, situational or, or scheme, that's what it is. It's either strategy or situational. Both of those situations are on, or both of those approaches are on the table and both are going to be satisfactory. It doesn't matter. You just got to make sure you eliminate the run and make them pass because there's nothing that has shown me that Grambling, when forced to pass, is going to come out and just beat you. I just don't see it often enough to have any confidence going into the game. But that's what I'm looking for. That's my key to victory. Those are my two storylines and the three matchups. I appreciate y'all for being here on my one-year anniversary with the podcast network. We're going to keep on rolling and keep on rolling and keep on rolling and bringing new family members in and in. We have 1420 right now, and I appreciate every single one of you. Let's keep this ball rolling. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Go ahead and get your food together. Get your first plate together because I know y'all going to have about three, four of them. Just make sure y'all think of me because I'm going to be eating good too. In the meantime, in between time, y'all already know to check out Peter Bukowski and Locked On Sports today for your second listen. And if you're checking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time we hear each other, family, take care. Stay blessed. Peace. Look at my hat. Yeah. <laughs>